So on um, Pentecost, this day that the the Holy Spirit comes upon um, the church, it's uh, really the beginning of the book of Acts um, in uh, the the New Testament. And um, it's there that the disciples then are waiting um, in the upper room, the place where they had the Last Supper, and the Spirit then comes upon them, and they're then enabled and empowered to speak um, languages of all the people that are around them so they can hear and understand what, who Jesus is and what he's done and hear the call um, to follow him. And the Apostle Peter is one who, who speaks the, really the, the first sermon and um, that explains what is happening um, in their midst, what, what they're experiencing. And he quotes from Joel, who's one of the Old Testament prophets, who saw this day, um, saw that it was going to be coming, saw that the, 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 the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, would then come and reside in his people. And so in, uh, you can see it on the screen, or you can turn to page 885 in your pew Bible. In Acts chapter 2, starting with verse um, 17, uh, Peter quotes from the prophet Joel. Uh, Again, chapter 2, verse 17. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And um, so you see and hear one thing particularly, that when the Spirit comes upon the people, it's upon all kinds of people. That's his point. It's men and women, young and old, slave and free. There is no distinction and that, that all have direct connection with God. You know, there's, there's no need to, to go through someone else um, to get to God. So today, for graduation Sunday, we're going to get to hear through the rest of the service from three of the graduates, three of the high school graduates. Now, we, it, it is unique that this one, maybe we literally fulfill this um, in terms of that part about sons, um, uh, sharing, but Jubilee Chen, Nate Smith um, uh, will share, and then um, we'll uh, also um, hear from Jenna Brown um, in a little bit as well. To each one, share with us what God is doing in their lives, and sharing them with us how maybe that impacts us and teaches us, because the Spirit is upon young and old, and all in between. So, Jubilee, let's, uh, she comes forward, let's pray together. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your written word as it speaks of your truth. Thank you of your Holy Spirit, who indeed lives in all who follow you. And we ask now that you will 
Help us to hear from you. Uh, we, we thank you for the, the energy, the, the, the freshness of, of strength and faith and um, just a, a clarity of uh, experience that we'll hear from today. And, and we pray, Lord, that your spirit uh, will enable us to hear from you through them. What we might easily dismiss as naive or simplistic May those be the very ways that you chip away at ways maybe we've calcified. Maybe we're stuck in a rut. Maybe we hear the living truth of your Holy Spirit through those that you've called to share with us today. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Good morning, CHPC. For all of you who don't know me, I'm Jubilee Chen, and some of you may be wondering why I'm standing up here today. In fact, I've asked myself the same question. Well, you can talk to Andrew and Robin, since they may have played a part in strongly encouraging me to speak today. It is true that I'm not the pastor's kid, and my family and I are not even members of this church. But whether I know you or not, CHPC has been a huge blessing to me the last four years. I'm so thankful for how you all have invested in me and given me incredible opportunities to work with the youth and families here. So today, would you just allow me to share a couple things God has been teaching me? All right. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to speak a little bit about the privilege and incredible freedom we have by living within God's will. Often his desire is not necessarily for us to always make the right decisions, but for us to draw closer to him through our experiences. So let's start with my story. This is a story about my college decision. Now, if you're in high school, or if you ever were a parent of children in high school, you're allowed to shout amen when I say this. Are you ready? Okay. Preparing for college is stressful. (laughs) Taking AP tests, maintaining good grades, visiting college campuses, and thinking about all our hard-earned dollar bills spilling into the bottomless pit of college tuition. These are all terrifying thoughts for families in this process. And for me, it was no different. When April finally rolled around, I was extremely eager and excited to hear back from the universities to which I had applied. I remember asking God to make it very clear where he wanted me to go. I truly wanted the college decision to be quick and over with as soon as possible. In a long story short, I decided to attend Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, because I thought at the time that the other colleges were in no way affordable for my family. I made my choice of school quickly. I signed up to room with my good friend. I felt content and thankful that God had offered me this wonderful place to attend and even made my decision Facebook official. So everything was set, right? Well, apparently not, because several days after I enrolled into Miami's music program, I received a significant scholarship offer from Indiana University's School of Music. Perhaps you might wonder why I'm telling you this or why this is even important. Miami is truly a wonderful place to go. But Try to understand from my perspective as a musician. 
In the music world, Indiana University is ranked as one of the best in the nation for its incredible music school. Maybe you can see my struggle now. I felt like I had two options, stay at a local school and get an excellent community and well-rounded education, or revoke my enrollment and abandon my roommate for an opportunity to study at a top music school. I felt extremely torn. In fact, when I heard about this news about the scholarship, I ran to my room bawling my eyes out. Well, yes, I was partly upset because I had made everything official on social media, and as we all know, when something is out there, it stays out there. But more than that, I cried out to God in fear and anger and even anguish. I asked him, God, what is your will for me? Why couldn't you just make it clear to me what the right decision was from the beginning? It felt like God had allowed me to make my decision and now dangled a new and seemingly better opportunity in front of me. I struggled because I so much wanted God to show me which choice was the right choice. What if I ended up choosing the wrong place or what if I had regrets? I think as Christians, we all struggle with the idea that God's will for our personal lives. Sometimes we have this idea that in order to please God, every decision must be black or white. We have the tendency to believe that his will for our life is very narrow and confining. I felt paralyzed in my situation because I so much desired for God to give me a clear, right answer. This is the right college or this is the wrong college. But something that I've learned from this experience is that God offers incredible freedom when we live within his will. His will is not a prison, but a privilege. John Piper says it well, this is why the Christian life, though it is utterly submitted, even enslaved to the revealed will of God, is described in the New Testament as radically free. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Galatians 5.1 proclaims, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Through this college process, I learned that God's will was not necessarily for me to agonize over which decision was right or wrong. He offered me these two wonderful places and gave me the total freedom to choose. I realized that the Lord's ultimate desire was not for me to choose the right place. It was for me to be content in my decision, to draw closer in my relationship with him, and to hold on to his promise that he would bless me wherever I should go. Above all else, God's will for me was for me to deepen my reliance on him and to believe in this promise that he gives us. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This was vastly freeing. I could then know that I had already fulfilled God's will by turning to him when I was struggling with this decision. And so I felt like I could walk forward in full confidence that God would be with me wherever I decided to go. So my challenge to you all is pretty simple. 
I hope that you will continue to trust that God's will is ultimately for you to deepen your relationship with him in whatever you do, in the small and big decisions, in the stressful situations, in the trying times, in the busy schedule of the day. As you go about your week, I invite you to stop, be still for a moment, and think again about God's promise. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity to share my time this morning with the CHPC family. Um, Lord, thank you that we have full knowledge that your ultimate desire is just for us to deepen our reliance on you, to lean into you when the going gets tough. So, Lord, I just ask that this week and throughout our lives in our small and big decisions that we'll always remember to immediately turn to you. It's in your name, I pray. Amen. Hello. Thanks, Jubilee. My name is Nate Smith, and I am the pastor's kid, and my family has gone to this church before. I want to start off um, with a word. Change. Change is a very scary word. Uh, I honestly have a lot of trouble with change. A big change is also coming in my life. Um, Change of scenery, a change of people, and a change of experience. In this difficult, challenging, ongoing college process, um, I've decided to go up to Columbus for the next year. Um, Yet this change is necessary for my betterment. There's been a couple changes in the church that have also been for the betterment of the church. Do any of you guys remember the like little kids that were running around the hallways and bouncing off walls? They used to they used to come here. <clears throat> they went to church here for a while. And that was a big change for this church. I doubt anyone expected these little reckless boys to come in and run around and not really follow all the rules. And they definitely ate all the donuts. <laughs> But, um, you know, that our, our youth and children's rule sheets were actually made um, to have something written on paper to show the kids, like, hey, these are the rules. You know, because before they were like, oh, there's, there's no rules around, so I guess I can do whatever, which is a pretty good way to live life, but that's, that's up in the air. Um, again, they were, they were reckless. They were running around, and they came in with little respect. But I still think it's amazing that they actually came in. Um, the church always asks for new believers, and here they are literally yelling and running around asking to be loved. We loved them too. The people in the youth and children's ministries loved them. Yes, it was challenging, and yes, it was mentally, mentally and physically tiring at some times, but I wouldn't trade my experiences with those little boys and girls for anything. So they're here. We're not going to tell them to leave, but they're here running around, and we worked with them, and our God made a miracle. These kids stayed. They came back with the most beautiful smiles every Sunday. Again, not every day was easy and not even close. Sometimes, sometimes 
this one little girl would leave every Sunday, like not liking me at all. She would be like, I don't want to ever see you again. But then the next Sunday she'd come back and she would embrace me and give me a big hug and was just excited to see myself and all the others who worked with her. There was another change that we all witnessed. It was the change in the kids. If I took an all-encompassing photo of the, the whole group whenever they first came and then the whole group now and just looked at them comparing them, I think it would honestly bring tears to my eyes. Um, they were, it's just a totally different mindset. <clears throat> I believe a verse that we need to keep in mind as we teach others and teach these kids and even some adults, surprisingly, is to having more self-control and to be more respectful is Ephesians 5, uh, 21. It reads, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Children have an impossible time submitting, or as I say, they have an impossible time taking the L. No one likes to lose. No one wants to just take the loss or take the L and back down. You don't have to win every battle, though. If someone is rude to you, you don't have to respond negatively. If we are humble and we try to submit to one another, we will be so much more civil with each other. What Andrew Wells uh, once asked us in youth group was, what is the difference between a, a Christian believer and a non-believer in everyday life? They both follow laws. They both can be nice people. So what's the difference? One of the answers that was brought up is that Christians know the end game. Uh, they know the entire picture already. You know, there's, there's no worry about what's going to happen after death. They know that when they die, there'll be an eternal life with them. So why get mad when someone cuts you off in traffic? You know, why get bitter when someone says you're not the coolest guy around? You should be overly ecstatic about the fact that you will have a life with Jesus in heaven. This concept is still not that easy. And even though I'm telling you to submit, I struggle with it tremendously. A couple nights ago, huh? Amen. 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 You struggle too sometimes. <laughs> So, uh, a couple nights ago, at the dinner table, a conversation came up with my sister about college and the different routes to take. We kind of got into an argument, and it kind of escalated. We we went back and forth, and neither of us would really back down. She would say something like, oh, I don't think that's the best route. I didn't really do that. And I'd be like, I don't have to do everything you did, Clara. That's, oh, sorry. That's the name. Yikes. Well... It's out now, so, uh, but I don't have to do everything she did. I didn't say the name. Um, eventually, our parents kind of had to come in and change the topic. God bless. Thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> the interaction wasn't harmful, and it wasn't really detrimental to our relationship, but dinner would have gone so much smoother if I just realized that I wasn't really going to get my point across and just kind of sat back and stopped, stopped talking about it. I'm not saying you have to agree with everything that other people are saying. You know, you don't have to sit back and say, yep, you're right. Okay, we can move on now. Um, But submitting and realizing that now might not be the right time or that, you know, maybe we should do this a a different different time. Um, The thing is that to the public, it looks like you lost the fight. You know, if you're the one who submits and says, okay, we we can continue on. It looks like you're the one who's, you know, taken the loss or taken the L. But in reality, if, if you are humble, you realize that you're the individual who's calmed the discussion. And you can move on confident in yourself because you know what you've just done. 
Now, my family is respectable enough not to get in physical fights about trivial things. But you would be so surprised how many times a simple yo mama joke would escalate to a potentially physical fight with kids. Um, Like when I mean insignificant, I mean like someone calls your shoes ugly and then they feel like they have to get back at the person who called them that. The kids always want the last laugh and never know when it's right just to back down. But Ephesians is what they need to learn. That if you submit out of respect for the creator, then you won't get into these little petty fights. I try to apply this verse in all aspects of my life and pass it on to others around me, uh, kids, and including some adults who honestly could use this information too. But back to the kids. Where are they? You know, where did they go? Unfortunately, situational circumstances have made it more challenging them for them to come to church every Sunday. But I'm so glad when they come. Every time seeing them walking in and just having them run up to me and get excited, it excites me. Now we know that there are people in College Hill who need to be ministered to. We no longer have an excuse, as if we had one before, to say, oh, we can just you know, come into the church every Sunday and talk amongst ourselves and, and be content. We know there are people right across the street who need to hear the great news. These kids are living proof of that. So I'm going to challenge you as well. My challenge is to teach and to help. Give the youth in this church and in College Hill a chance. The opportunities are literally there waiting for you to sign up. A big opportunity is residence camp this summer. It starts on July 3rd and goes to July 9th. You'll be a counselor for children in the church and in the neighborhood. If you know the school, Pleasant Hill Academy, right near the public library, uh, we partner with them, and so a lot of them come on this trip as well, who've never been inside of the church and might not even know what the church is. I know for a fact that there can never be too many counselors. So I'm challenging you to submit to these kids and to love these kids and to help these kids. Change is a scary word for us, but change is not a scary word for him. For we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are called to be different and to be changed. I promise you, if you take this challenge, you will be changed. But it will be God changing you through these kids. I hope for more change for this church as we aim to be a more multicultural church. Once we change to God's will, only one person is going to be afraid, and that will be Satan. Thank you.